0: Hello and welcome to Consumer Choice Radio Broadcasting, uh, right there in your pockets, but also on the network airwaves here on Saga 960 AM and on the Coastal Carolina Network. Very proud to say we have a new uh, new affiliate has joined the ranks. I'm so very excited about that. I am one half of your host, Yael Osaski, behind the mic. Um, and now I'm finally reunited again with my uh, partner in crime and co-host, David Clement, who's been off the radar, but not off the map. David, how goes it?
1: Well, it's good. Big move is now uh, behind us. First big snowfall at the new house, which is uh, a nice little welcome to the neighborhood. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun times. Fun times over here.
0: Very good to hear. Um, I mean, we we talked a little bit about your move and housing market and everything, but now it's, uh, it's come to fruition. And uh, you're part of the... You know, normal, average, suburb life.
1: It's a strange world out there.
0: How? What's it like there? <laughs> yeah, being it's a kind burden? of,
1: kind of like this scene. It's kind of like the scene from Old School, where Frank is at the college party, and he's like, Ah, you know, I don't know if I should. I got a big day tomorrow. We're gonna go to Home Depot. I look know? at some blinds. Uh, I don't know. If we're man, gonna have enough time. My I mean, I might go to Bed Bath and Beyond.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Uh yeah, I can feel you there. Um definitely a lot of shopping you got to do. So you you have your consumer choice experience sort of on the front burner here. You've got to Boy, how many times you've been to the to Zellers or I don't know. What what uh what stores you go to? You going to Home Depot? You a Home Depot Maxi or Yeah,
1: there's a there's a Home Depot like 3 minutes away. So you know that's back, like your in, curtains, back your shower curtain. Back in the day, big I could
0: have told you which number it was. Uh, I used to work at uh, Home Depot uh, 7147. I knew all of them because I had to do the, the shipping and stuff. But uh, that's cool. So you got your shower curtains. You've got uh, small little tools. You've got uh, all this, I guess, furnishing.
1: Oh, everything from like changing the locks to any hardware that needs to be fixed to if, if curtains are going up, the rods and the hardware for that. Uh you name it. I mean, anything that needs to get built, it's just a long list.
0: Use the promo code Consumer Choice. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no sponsor yet from yeah. uh, Home Depot, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> no free
0: ads. Uh, still, uh, it's a it's a great <laughs> store. And actually, I uh, just read a story. This is uh, somewhat related. Um, that the Home Depot strategy right now is they're going to use. I think they had um, a, a couple of billion in profits, uh, so they're using like, yeah. a couple hundred milli. And they're just going to give everybody a raise at the company, uh, particularly those oh, that's cool. on the floor. So um, this is oh, that's nice. It's not a thing you usually have in inflationary environments, but no. um, it does seem that um, in because of inflation, you have a lot of people who, I guess, are buying more of this stuff or prices growing up or some kind of arbitrage. So uh, they've done well and they're going to reward their employees. Awesome.
1: Well, that's pretty pretty nice. Well, I cannot I like say that. the same, I mean, David. You're right, you do um, very
0: often. Yeah, true. I can't say the same for um, many people in government right now. Number of scandals, number of issues, couple bad things that are happening at uh, federal level. Uh, in Canada, we've got some shenanigans as well in the U.S. Uh, still don't have any answers on these balloons. We shot up out of the sky. We had trains getting derailed. Um, it's it's a, it's a strange world. There's a lot of wild stuff out there. It's a strange world out there. What do you think?
1: Yeah, there. okay, where do you want to start? Do you want to start in Canada or do you want to start in the U.S.?
0: Um, let's start where it's coldest.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, so obviously we have... The Chinese uh, election interference, um, That's uh, there's someone at CSIS, which is the security agency in Canada, is leaking information to the Globe and Mail. Um, there was also another one about these spy buoys, like in the water, in the Arctic, um, that the Chinese just kind of tossed in there. Um, that is ne- That's now coming to light. We have these spy balloons. <laughs> it feels like it never ends. We have these balloons, some of which are confirmed or suspected to be Chinese. Some of them we don't know. Maybe it's the aliens.
0: <laughs> or it's the birds. I don't really we, know. We know that the birds aren't real.
1: Oh, yeah, that's my favorite conspiracy. <laughs>
0: well, there's a lot of this. Uh, um, it's happening each and every day. This is, It's just a cacophony of... Um, I don't know, just things that would really make the average voter, you'd think, sour on uh, Trudeau and the liberals. Uh, But this is not a unfamiliar story in liberal democracies. We had much the same in Australia. Uh, Very similar story where they not only uh, likely gave money, uh, but also essentially had a stooge candidate. There, There hasn't been reports of any stooge candidate, has there, in Canada? Maybe not.
1: No, there hasn't been, but we still don't know who the candidates are who got the money, the illegal contributions. We don't know if any of them were actually elected. Um, and, I mean, I don't understand why it doesn't make a lot of sense as to why we don't know this. Um, like That should be very pressing information. Um, did those people get elected? Uh, did they like? Are they in government? Are they serving in important roles? Did they know that their campaigns got money uh, illegally? Like, you would think that those are the pressing questions of the day, and yet the response from Trudeau was, "Oh, I hope that ceases finds whoever the leaker is." I don't know. It was a very, very George Bush Junior esque moment for Trudeau. Um, which uh, is a criticism and not a compliment. Well, as
0: to who you know, might have benefited, I mean, my vote, this is just a theory. I have zero evidence for this, um, but I would say it, um, it's the MP for um, Kingston and the islands.
1: Mark Gerritsen?
0: So he, he's, he's uh, just been on a, a Twitter rip, just uh, playing doofus, and uh, he's, he's, he's a Twitter troll who's in government it's it's insane uh he's got a couple of videos he's responding he's like well who's playing politics here conservative mps knew well in advance of the threats of foreign election interference and what our government was doing about it um so i did my part as a canadian citizen who has a vote and i put in quotes what our government was doing about it quote and i asked the simple question profiting from it <laughs>
1: Oh, There's a very man. good
0: takedown piece of this guy. Um, I believe he was the mayor of Kingston at some point um, or another yes, town. Yes, he was. Which is sad here because it's, it's yeah. a beautiful town um, right there in the river. But uh, he has been a, a, essentially a, a troll for many years. Doesn't really serve anybody's interest except, I guess, the online Liberal Party crowd. I cannot believe that this is a. Well, I lawmaker. mean, he's a
1: perennial backbencher right he's a perennial backbencher um so he just, he just doesn't do much
0: what would you say you yep. do here in the Canadian federal Nothing. government He just
1: behaves i mean he behaves like a 19 year old on twitter and that's it um
0: it's i mean it would, it takes just one or two tweets a day that you read and you can go off um like crazy i mean he spends most of his time going against piotrieva as we know and um yeah. just being Whatever Bitcoin critic and seems to be pro China. I don't. It's very hard to tell with him. Either way, we've talked about this guy way too long. Um,
1: <laughs> he's also he's also in the the everything is fine crowd. Like when people oh there's post no there's about, no
0: inflation you know there's no problems with um, you know prices going high like, people aren't getting screwed or job
1: growth yeah there's no job growth issues or. Innovated like basically any of the numbers where Canada people are like, Oh, we, we kind of suck at that. He'll actually No, no, we're actually fine. Like, everything is fine. You need not to worry about anything, everything is actually fine.
0: <laughs> oh, my lord. Um, well, I know a lot of issues Great there. Guy. Um, yeah, but um, as you mentioned, um, praise be to the leaker that we have this information. Um, CSIS is, um, you know, it's much more under the radar as a general intelligence agency, you know, it doesn't have the uh, FBI, CIA sort of, um, you know, litany of movies and productions, um, apart from the wonderful Canadian television production known as Intelligence, which I would highly recommend. <laughs> but you, you don't really have, uh, you know, too much knowledge about what they do or sort of how they are very active. Uh, but yeah, these reports that are, are getting funneled over to the journalists at the Globe and Mail, um, pretty stunning.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll see what else keeps coming. Um, because I guess we'll
0: just, there'll be some kind of uh parliamentary committee that will, uh, just prove that the government did everything right again.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's just so, there's so much going on here that it's like, obviously that's a, a, a good segue to the emergencies act. Um, inquiry and the response there uh i don't know if that's something you want to dig into but the the report did come out it did have findings
0: all right you want me to go off
1: yeah yeah. (laughs) i want to hear what you have to say first
0: (laughs) that boy is setting me up um i think it is one of probably the uh most egregious uses of power of a liberal democracy in recent years. I think the committee itself, like we had some very interesting, you know, comments from people, but they have way too many people who was just like, I'm a I'm an owner in Ottawa or, you know, live downtown. And it was just, oh, it was just so terrible I couldn't do that. It's just these people protesting it was making my life terrible. Meanwhile, you know, if you're unvaccinated, you still might have to get on a bus or plane, all this kind of stuff. But it was, I think it's a Pandora's box. They've opened, they've opened this box and now government is very free. The federal government and now provincial governments are now free to kind of weaponize financial sanctions because of citizens protesting. So if there are, you know, a lot of environmental protests happening in BC over some pipeline from, you know, going through Alberta or something, um, yeah, financial sanctions, well, there's already a playbook for that.
1: It's a dangerous... So I think that's
0: a sh- it's a shameful act. It's yeah. shameful. It, the pendulum always swings back. We come back it's, to
1: that. It's a dangerous precedent because um, everyone cheering for it now has to envision a scenario where uh, a bunch of lefties are protesting something and Prime Minister Pierre Boliev gets to roll in with the full hammer of the federal government and freeze bank, bank accounts and close businesses and just absolutely destroy um, anything that touched that protest in the same way that they obviously did with, with what happened in Ottawa. Um,
0: uh, this- here's a separate question because I, I agree 100%. Are there any of these inquiries, and I don't know how many Trudeau has had, that have ever had any teeth... Or actually gotten to the truth of something. Or I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just losing faith in most of these inquiries and committees.
1: Um, I don't know. I can't really think of anything that's ever come out that was like. I mean, some of the ethics committees. I think SNC
0: stuff... Lavalin had a committee. Yeah. Had, yeah, the ethics committees, you have this and the, they denigrate Trudeau, but like, what happened?
1: I, nothing happens. I mean, the overturn window on accountability, that ship sailed years ago. I mean, it's gone. You can, you can do anything now. Um, I mean, you just look at, like, things that otherwise would or should have brought down a government or brought down a, a prime minister. Like, SNC should have been one. There are so many examples, but I think that that's one of the, like, um, the negatives or holdovers from the Trump era is that just what's considered in the realm of politically normal has shifted so much. And now you have, and COVID too, because that's obviously a huge expansion of what governments can do, Um, has just shifted what is considered like within the benchmarks of normal. Um, And now you can get away with a lot more than you used to be.
0: Wow. Well, you know what we can't get away with, David, and that's uh, going over 15 minutes um, for our first segment. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we don't have the uh, the might of the Prime Minister's office, uh, office there. So uh, we'll be right back here on Consumer Choice Radio. Much more to come. There's a lot of news on deck for Consumer Choice and things that impact you. So we'll cover those once we're back. Stay tuned. And welcome back to Consumer Choice Radio, broadcasting here on Saga 960 AM in the Coastal Carolina Network, also right there in your podcast apps. Um, you can actually head on over to podcastapps.com, pick up a modern podcasting app. It would allow you to send and receive payments, and uh, you'll be able to leave comments. Uh, it's a fun, interactive way of doing it, though many of you are, as we can tell from the numbers, listening via Spotify or your Apple podcast stuff. But, you know, just just step right in. The water's warm. Try something modern. Try a new podcast app. You've got nothing to lose. It's just another app, right? There you go. There you you got to go. get David to do it, too. Next level.
1: So what is um, what else here is uh, on your list from south of the border because obviously there's a lot going on I mean there's the whole thing that's going on in Ohio um, with this train derailment and this controlled burn and it kind of felt like one of those moments where there was a lot, there was a serious gap in coverage and then there was just so much pressure on Twitter and then finally eyes started turning to what was going on um, I can give a, a a run through if if any of our listeners maybe are confused about what's going on. Um, small town of East Palestine, uh, Ohio. Really, you got to mispronounce uh, railroad it. Railroad running through it. <laughs> that's how it's pronounced on the. Uh, that's how it was pronounced pronounced on the news coverage of people who were there.
0: Yeah. Alright, continue.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what I heard watching T V, okay? Uh, Faster Prime uh, Prime basically now. a a um, a train carrying uh, some chemicals that are used to make I think it's P V C piping and like other things like that. Um, derails and um they essentially are forced to do, like, a controlled burn of the the chemicals that are stored on this train. But the problem is, is that the controlled burn, um, you could, like, see it from space <laughs> when they did it. And, like, there were livestock, uh, allegedly animals, farm animals, pets and things dropping dead, fish floating to the top of rivers and streams, and... Um, then yeah, just, I mean, the lack of news coverage on it was so strange um, in the beginning because it was just really what, like, why this, this should be a national story. This should be something, I mean, you think of any other huge tragedy, usually the president is there, he's rolling up his sleeves, he's helping in the relief effort. And it just seems like the whole Biden administration has gone dark here in terms of doing anything about it
0: so there's a very in-depth article on uh, substack by doomberg i believe you've mentioned me I, i've mentioned them before um the green chicken you know what i'm talking about
1: i i don't all
0: right well we're definitely in different twitter ecosystems uh uh so Do- doomberg is a <laughs> it's a it's essentially a list of uh anonymous um oil, gas, and energy analysts who started their own analytical Substack uh, about a year ago. Um, It's one of the most popular finance blogs on Substack. Um, It's very expensive, though. I have the free version, (laughs) Uh, but they had a whole post that actually went through uh, the numbers and looked at the full accounting of all the derailed cars. It looked at the number of cars that there were which ones actually had hazardous material what those materials were what they kind of do and in basically the end result of this is that there yes there was a lot of hubbub but the epa itself did come out and say well technically because all of the dangerous stuff burnt out in the first few hours there's no more danger that's present here so (laughs) You're right that the media coverage angle is very strange and that I think many people just didn't know what was happening or how to cover it, because what's the angle here? I mean, did Trump calls this? <laughs> There's no angle for Trump. There's no yeah. angle. The only angle that I did see the Republicans use is that, oh, look, another uh, incompetent train incident, and uh, Pete Buttigieg is on vacation or something like this. <laughs> He's the uh, Secretary of Transportation. Uh, But it's very interesting, they go more in the details of it, and I think there, in the days after there was a lot of kind of of scariness in the news. I tend to fall, probably with how the EPA viewed it, that yes, it was a travesty, terrible. Uh, It's, you know, a lot of the stuff, it's very unacceptable that they're shipping it on trains. Uh, but oftentimes that's sort of the only place they are able to, according to federal regulations. You know they're not able to transport by other means they can't have the the trucks on the road and and I tell you what there is a very intense lobbying effort between the the truck firms and the the private rail yeah. companies i mean there's an entire war there that we only see the the small surface of but the the chemical stuff is is really that is the issue in that. You know, many of these trains are also passing through highly populated areas. You know, that's how many of these towns built up, you know, big population centers. Uh, Chicago became so populous because you had the trains running from everywhere to meet there. And um, on those lines, you don't have Amtrak running anymore, really. But you do have a lot of private freight rail. And a lot of stuff has moved on oil. And you know, we only have to look up to Canada and the Lac Megantic a couple of years ago to understand yeah. the perils yeah. of having hazardous material on these things and the dangers that can be done. It can be done safely, but considering the infrastructure and considering how old a lot of these train lines are, I mean, we don't live in the world of Atlas Shrugged, folks. We don't have, like, uber-efficient rails across North America like in Europe. So, yeah, overall, very interesting. I'll put that, uh, that link in the show notes, by the way, um, that you can read on our site.
1: yeah. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, it's it's just one of those things where like it's there's so much unknown as well in terms of what is what is the aftermath going to be here. Like what is the long-term effect of what's happened and what's been burned off. Now, I at least from what I've read, um they didn't really have a choice because the uh, allegedly the the boiling point um which uh, like the boiling point of this material was something like 7 degrees um fahrenheit so as soon as it heated up to the temperature of outside it turns into a bomb um is at least how it was explained on on twitter to me um so they had no choice but to burn it but yeah what's the impact like yeah and
0: uh, the the at liquids least on open, here I mean it, yeah, and the the, uh, the sort of different chemicals. Um, there's a, there was a lot of propylene glycol, so a lot of vape juice. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> some isobutylene, uh, a lot of butane, but I think vinyl chloride, um, the flammable gas, that was seemed the bad to, one. It seemed to be the worst. And uh, David, do you know what the last ten cars were filled with? Was it beer? Uh, there were seventy four total calls malt liquors
1: malt liquors
0: (laughs) it could have been it's oh you could have had a a malt liquor fire as well uh but yeah the the vinyl chloride which i believe is just it was just only in four of it was four of the cars that were of primary concern and um some of the others you know you had benzene everyone knows benzene is sort of what's in your normal lighters and stuff like that but it's definitely the vinyl chloride was, was the biggest of concern and they vented that product lit it up burnt it and basically it dissipates you know usually within like 20 minutes so there, unless you were right there huffing it in in that exact moment um, basically it wasn't a danger anymore but yeah it's very complicated stuff i know um, david you write a lot about different chemicals and the different risks versus hazards um, I I know that there wasn't much media coverage in the beginning. Um, some of it from political actors has been a bit uh, reactionary in the days since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's true. You know, what are our, our other messes? I mean, you can't put this in a plane, right? You, I guess you can put it on a ship, but then you got to go all the way down to the Panama Canal if you want to go coast to coast. So.
1: Yeah, but, uh, uh, I mean, in the oil and gas space, it's part of the argument for, for pipelines, because, on, and I mean, it's different than chemical policy, but for oil and gas, the pipelines are a safer route, uh, less risky route, than, uh, than, well, just yeah, tank, just the railroads or, or truck or train, uh, bunch of trucks, so, yeah. and, and uh, I mean yeah. that's
0: where isn't that where most people in their twenties die are on highways and interstates just from car accidents? I mean, yeah, driving is still very dangerous.
1: Oh yeah. Incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Um, It's like one of the riskiest things we do on a daily basis. Actually it might be the riskiest thing we do on a daily, daily basis.
0: Uh, Basically. I mean, for me, it's um, I was doing some barbecue over the weekend, and I got hit by a piece of hot, flaming hot charcoal. Oh, that thing hit hit me right in the eyeball. Oh, nice. No, not nice. Um, It burnt off. It burnt off like uh. Well, my vision went went very hazy for the first five minutes, and it did burn a bit under my skin, and uh, apparently my eyelid. I can't see it most of the time. I have to close my eyes, to look at it, but I did, did, uh, did char off a little bit of my eyelid playing with fire, folks. So, um, you know, as they told you in the Boy Scouts, you know, you mess with the fire, you pay the price. <laughs> also, driving is dangerous. That's, uh, but yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, driving and barbecuing.
0: Um, yeah, steer clear. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, you'll be doing some more barbecuing uh, now that you've got your own place, and you know, you can, you got yeah, a big yard, got a
1: backyard you're going to have to get a new barbecue. Had to uh, had to throw out the old barbecue so new barbecue you I'll going maybe after well, Uh yeah, we're it'll be propane. Is any good Are you a uh, propane
0: maximalist?
1: No, no, it's just that is that is the setup that we will have is is propane not the natural gas out of the house cuz I think I'd have to pay to have that installed and I'm too frugal. Uh, so we'll just go propane. Um, Hank Hill is I have been, uh, pleased uh, by my decision.
0: Yeah. I, I've been very, I mean, I've just been doing research like crazy, but still would love to get a pellet grill, pellet smoker.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm sure you know somebody yeah. who's got that.
1: Yeah, my brother-in-law has one, and uh, they, they make very good food with it
0: man they're just so pricey i mean you can buy a charcoal barbecue for like seventy five dollars but you know you step on up to a pellet grill it's it's a couple hundred it's like a a couple of things off of uh, any wives wish list uh basically about the same price so
1: oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh,
0: yeah so apart from that david um definitely some some busy stuff with the transportation talk um, we haven't had too many crazy new rules um, out of DC. There's been some state stuff that we've been very active on at the Consumer Choice Center. A couple of uh, vaping bans are trying to do that. You've had some some tr- chemical bans that they're trying in some states. Um, you know, Realistically, we kind of have the beginnings, and I know you've talked about this with um, our colleague Liz, kind of the beginnings of a political campaign for the presidency. We don't have to go into the, the kind of full clip of it now but you know you've got you got some serious people entering the fray um everyone's very uncertain and all on tiptoes about joe biden and, and whether he'll actually actually run i know he said it but I don't, I don't know if anybody can actually envision that
1: you know <laughs> Oh man. That clip always makes me laugh. Um because the, the the backstory quickly for listeners is uh I got a package to the house and it was this uh muscle shirt and it says Beer Barbecue and Freedom. And it's the same shirt that the guy in that clip is wearing where he's having a breakdown over Joe Biden winning the election. Um Faster Prime, prime so, now. <laughs> Yes, Prime now. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I actually found that while I was starting to unpack here, and I had myself a little giggle. I have to put it on the backyard. Um,
0: well, maybe once once it heats up a little bit and got your barbecue going, uh, you'll be able to enjoy it. But for now, I guess you can go out and melt some snow for the rest of you Canadians. Uh, David, will be right back here on Consumer Choice Radio. You guys, stay tuned, and uh, you know, let us know how you're being warm. Welcome back to Consumer Choice Radio. I'm your host, Yael, here, and I've got David here on the other line. We were uh, talking a little bit about the political election season. We talked about the uh, train derailments and chemical spills, and I think David is, uh, I think he's over there on our breaking news desk and uh, wanted to bring something in. You got anything uh, new to report, David? Tell us what's happening in the field.
1: Yeah, we have another CSIS leak to the Globe and Mail. Uh, This one in regards to banking. Um, So there's a bank called Wealth One Bank of Canada. um, And three of its founding shareholders could be susceptible to Chinese government coercion, according to two sources at the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. And this is, the, this is the line that gets me every time this happens. The Globe and Mail is not identifying the sources because they risk prosecution under the Security of Information Act. Think about the severity of what is going on here where you have someone in CSIS who is, they see everything. The government sees everything. And they're just so, I guess, disillusioned or desperate to get the government to do anything on this that they're going to the media. And that's what's happening now. Um, so yet another leak. Um, and, of course, the Globe isn't going to hand over the source, which is the right thing to do, journalistically. Um but yeah, this is, uh,
0: whew. And I read from the article, David, because uh, it is indeed a banger. CSIS has warned how Beijing is, quote, pursuing a strategy for geopolitical advantage on all fronts, economic, technological, political, and military, and using all elements of state power to carry out activities that are a direct threat to our national security and sovereignty. The Globe first reported on Mr. Jian in May 2016 when he and 32 other business executives attended a private fundraiser for the Liberal Party of Canada, where Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was a guest of honor. Oh <laughs> At the time, Mr. Xi'an was waiting on final approval from federal bank regulators for Wealth One to start a business in Canada as a Schedule I bank. Also attending the fundraiser, blah, 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 blah a lot of people. A billionaire with close ties to the Chinese government, CCP. They donated a million dollars to the P.I. Elliot Trudeau Foundation. Oh my lord! Oh. <laughs> and, and you know, bank, for banking. Um, you know, they make the point in the article. You know, starting a bank in Canada is no no picnic. It's very difficult to do. I think the sort of the banking yeah. regulations and rules make it next to impossible, and that's why we only got a handful. No. So a lot of hoops had to be passed through, and apparently oh. they did.
1: Boy, you know, oh boy, this the is fifth, I the mean... fifth
0: column within Canada is growing ever more not not powerful, but more apparent. Uh, this is like a legitimate issue.
1: Well, did you read the last paragraph?
0: We're moving down to the bottom. In June, In June 2021,
1: 2021 announced that <laughs> announced former that... Ontario
0: Liberal Finance Minister Charles Sousa had joined the board. He departed in December 2022. That same month, he was elected in a federal by-election as a Liberal member of the Parliament for Mississauga Lakeshore. <laughs> Hello, Mississauga, <laughs> Saga 960 yeah.
1: What is going on here? Oh my goodness, this is this is like so many levels of nefarious. I just like this just gets worse. Like you read it and you're like, oh, that's bad, and then you wait. You go, wait a second. And you let it sit for a second, and it just gets even worse. We're talking donations to foundations, waiting on approval from regulators, the poaching of of government, former government officials who have then become government officials. It's like, this is all things bad. Oh, man,
0: Globe Global Mail really biting their tongue here. And I, I like Robert Fife and, and Stephen Chase, who are the writers here. Yeah. They tend to be pretty good reporters. Uh, but they're really... Holding it back for Freeland, you know. Oh, Christia Freeland rings the national security alarm. I'm sure she did not. <laughs> I'm sure these were very apparent and present for a long time ago. She was probably at the same fundraiser. Yeah. Well, what do I know? That would be speculation. <laughs> um regardless, yeah. Uh at some point, you know, I'm just saying Canada's got oil. <laughs> Just say, <laughs> uh, but no, this is really bad, and um it it undermines so much of liberal democracy. Look, we understand we live in free countries where anyone's able to transact. We generally are open to people donating to political causes or parties, and there are checks and balances for that, um, but when you're talking about political influence and you know billions of dollars tied to a regime that puts people in camps and lobbies to you know, try to edit the Top Gun movie. Uh, Yeah, we've got a problem.
1: Oh, man.
0: Uh... David, you see that thing on TikTok (laughs) yesterday?
1: (laughs) Like, what is... This is... uh, There's just so much here. I mean, this is going to have to be a whole... um, We we do a whole nother show just on... This story and the other ones that have kind of spawned um, from it or to it over the last few months uh, I mean when did Canada become spook nation when we, that's supposed uh, to be Austria you're, you're intruding on our turf that's, that is Vienna. Vienna is where the spooks live. It cannot be Ottawa. you
0: know I'll give you a good I'll give you a good spook oh, story okay. and this was not very well covered um, but this isn't like I want to say it was about two years ago.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's hear. So it's
0: right. You know, about a year before the the invasion of Ukraine, so you had a one of the top military generals of Austria was found out to just be a Russian spy.
1: Wait, say that again.
0: A military general of the Austrian armed forces, the Bundesheer, oh. was found to be a Russian spy. You know, it wasn't covered oh, much at no. the time, and you know, you, you didn't have. Um, the the outright invasion of Ukraine. You still had the occupation of Crimea, yes. but this was like a millet. Could you imagine if it was, you know, Roméo Dallaire yeah, yeah, yeah. getting paid by Xi Jinping? Oh, yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> boy.
1: yeah, that's no good. Ooh.
0: And I, what is going to be the response? I, I I feel like we're just t- we're on reactionary yeah. radio here, but. What is going to be the response of the liberal party? And this is, I think P.I. poliev's moment to shine. Um, unfortunately there, there might be, David, please correct me if I'm wrong. There might be some, um, players on that side. There might be some CCP in the CPC.
1: Uh, I'm, um, so maybe I'm wrong. So you, you tell what me what were, what the, the alleged response, like who got money, the candidates, um, it was ten to two. Uh, ten, I think it's ten liberals, two conservatives. Um, now what? A,
0: okay, so that is not the normal corporate strategy of people no, so. it's
1: not. We're not talking like the the big oil strategy or any other major player in politics. Um, and I mean, the funny thing of of what I what I've read is Toronto-area liberal candidates. So that likely means that there's some folks who are in government.
0: Oh, my Lord. Well, David, in uh, very unrelated news that have nothing to do with um, Canada's closeness to China, uh, here's an article from CTV News. Air Canada plans to begin facial recognition for Toronto flights very shortly.
1: Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. What? What's the well, purpose? Well, don't have anything to hide. What is the purpose <laughs> of this? Well, according to your
0: buddy, uh, Air Canada executive vice president for facial rate, no, for chief operations officer Craig Landry said, many of our customers already utilize digital credentials to simplify their daily activities, such as unlocking mobile phones, entering workspaces, verifying identification during financial transactions. And more
1: huh, yeah, I don't know if I love that. I don't know if I love that. I mean, there are other ways in which you can streamline um, there are other ways in which you can streamline uh, airports without having to go with facial recognition, and i don't even know I don't even know what the justification for it would be. Like, is it terror?
0: Well, a former, uh, no, I think it would be a former member of uh, parliament is now a security consultant. At this <laughs> uh, no, <I> don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's usually the case, by the way. Um, in the United States, you had, you remember the whole de- Department of Homeland Security? The first head was Michael Chertoff. Uh-huh. Um, his first job outside of that was to go work for the same company that does the naked body yeah, scans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Okay, and um, speaking of leaks, this is an interesting one. Um, this is uh, very close to Canada, but it is in the U.S. It's in the state of Maine. So there was uh, some reporting by Matt Taibbi about uh, the Twitter files. You know, he's sort of ongoing on that. Elon has uh, unloaded. He unlocked the archive, as it were. And apparently, um, Senator Angus King uh, was very prolific in reporting many different Twitter accounts So directly contacting Twitter executives and saying, "Hey, uh, you know these people are a little dangerous. You know it it would help out if we were to kind of get rid of these." Um, Matt Taibbi framed as a kind of enemies list, (laughs) and um, there's one specific state. I don't know if he's a state senator or state rep. uh, So he was actually put on that list while he was running against King in the Senate primary. Who was it? Uh. I have to find his name. He's very. La- he seems to actually be a um, Ron Paul esque fellow. So I, think, uh, oh, his, I, I, I think. Oh, what's I think
1: I came across his campaign at the time. Um,
0: Could be, but he was uh, he was put on this list uh, that uh, Senator Ang- now Senator Angus King as a sort of recommended uh, Twitter account to to ban or censor for oh dangerous boy. info. And this is back in 2018, so you didn't have like the COVID thing. You couldn't use a pandemic yeah, response. I'm not
1: sure if I love. Um, you know, I'm not sure if I love lawmakers jawboning uh, companies to ban accounts based on their preferences. That's not very nice.
0: No, I I wouldn't even like the social media, you know, TikTok director doing that. Of of that politician, yeah. It's not a good precedent. Um, it is true that the social media companies have invited a lot of scrutiny because the second you ban one person for that reason, yep, you're gonna have a million more in your inbox or at your door.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh,
0: yeah. The boy. the Twitter files have they they've petered out now. Yeah. And it's it's uh, there's a lot of weird things happening within that company, but it at least opens the lens that many of the executives are kind of held to this this very strange standard and some stand their ground i think apple is a good example of done that they've done that so far Uh, google in some instances um, meta was not as crazy with banning Uh, that definitely changed with COVID and (laughs) anything that goes against the world health organization but there's just way too much as you said jawboning this sort of indirect pressure from Regulators and lawmakers—very uh, concerning. You know, I'm—I'm I'm surprised we're able to even talk about this uh, CISA story as openly as we can. These leaks to the Globe and Mail.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it—it it, it kind of feels like we're on the verge of like a slow trickle of more and more and more coming out, and there being more behind this than just what we've seen. Um. Almost feels Snowden-esque. Different angles, because, like, Snowden's leaks were about the government doing something, where these leaks seem to be more about the government not (laughs) doing something. Um,
0: Or being a part of it, yeah.
1: Yeah, very Uh, strange. This
0: is, yeah. Well, either way, kudos to the journalistic establishment there. Um, By the way, this is not this reporting um, strange note, but it did not come from the CBC.
1: (coughs) Hmm. No, very little original (laughs) stuff does.
0: Competition and consumer choice. That's what we're all about here on Consumer (laughs) Choice Radio. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I hope you guys stay subscribed. And uh, David, we'll chat uh, next week.
1: Until next week.